Draeger and Hez walk out of the classroom. Boy, Draeger, how did you do? Oh, you know, everyday stuff. Simple safety things about the gun, reloading, uh, distances, and how to clean it, and blah, blah, blah. It's all super simple. I can do it on my sleep. Yes, I suppose that these courses are necessarily designed for shadow runners. Yeah, they got to go through the basics. It's foundational, I get it, but it's boring. Anyway, we gotta go, we gotta go talk to Rico pretty soon, huh? Yes, yes we do. How are you going to get there? Um, I can call a car. You wanna come? Sure, let's split the car. Um, you'll have to make sure that it can accommodate a troll. All right, let's do it. Draeger digs his comlink from his pocket, pauses, and looks at Hez. We should go by Jet's uh, bridge setup thing and uh, pick her up too. Yes, that would be nice. Let's go ahead and contact her. I contact Jet. This is Jet. Good evening, Jet. How has your day been? My day has been productive. Yours? Very good to hear. I can say the same. Cool. What's up? I've been with Draeger. We were thinking of heading by to pick you up on our way to Rico. Uh, sure. I'm not at my bridge right now, though. I'm at Jumbo's shop. Good. We'll get you from there. I noticed a car pull up outside of Jungo's shop. I make sure there's nobody suspicious inside and notice my friends. I get it. Good evening, Jet. Evening? What did you guys do today? Shot stuff. Actually, both of us ended up at the same establishment to take our courses. How funny. It was, yeah. Do you think you'll be able to hit things now? Uh, I hope so. We'll, f- we'll see. We'll see. Well, you've been doing all right so far. We'll just improve it a little. Glad to hear that. Hez remembers something and turns to Dreger. Let's head over to your place to get the BTLs for our meeting tonight. Oh yeah, we needed the samples, don't we? Yeah, let's go. We'll also take photos of the other gear so that we can show it to him. Drager gets out his comlink and alters the destination of the cab. After picking up a few BTLs and taking pictures of their loot, Jet, Drager, and Hez discuss the upcoming meeting with Rico. I don't think this guy should be too difficult to figure out. Seem pretty excited to be alone in a room with two women. Yes, we can use that to our advantage. No judgments, guys. I remove my jacket and unbutton the top three buttons of my top. It's a bit more revealing than I'm normally comfortable with. I also adjust my clothing in a more appealing fashion. I watch them dress themselves up with a amused smirk on my face. Don't get used to it, Drager. <laughs> you both look great. They pull up to the curb in front of the black jug. The doors open automatically. I think we've got a little bit of time to kill before this meeting. I'm going to have a drink. And I think you guys should let me do most of the talking. All right, I can handle that. I'll jump in if you need me to. I've dealt with this kind of guy before, but thanks. I get out of the car and walk into the black jug and immediately order vodka. Straight. I follow Jed into the bar and secure a table for the group. I drink the entire vodka and set the glass on the table. I walk back over to my friends and sit down. So Jet, uh, we spent the day sort of together, Draeger and I. What did you do? I went to go visit Jungo. 
He's been trying to get me to practice magic with him for years, as you guys know. And now I'm receptive to it, since it seems to get us out of a lot of trouble. Yes. It's interesting, because after I spoke to you guys about my past, I haven't thought about it in years. I thought it was a good idea to share it with him. He's been with me since I was, I don't know, five years old? It is good that you have someone wise in the area of magic that you can trust. Yeah, let's hope so. You know, back in the gang hideout, when I was trying to get us out of trouble, I kept trying to reach out to these spirits in some other realm. They all look like bears. It was the weirdest thing, and I hadn't heard Spirit's voice since I was a child. It's the reason they tried to put me away, and I think I must have just pushed it down so that nobody would hurt me. It was good to reconnect with that. A survival mechanism. Exactly. I understand. I think of my past and the pain I went through to hide who I really am. I realize I'm still hiding, even from these people. I reach my arm out and put it around his. I return the hug with Jet. After 20 minutes of casual chatting, Dreger's comlink begins to beep in his pocket. He gets it out and looks at who's calling. Oh, that's him, guys. Hey, Rico. Hey, Drager. I'm pulling up in an alleyway outside. Alright, do you wanna do you want us to meet you outside? Yeah, sure. Meet me in the alley. Alright. I hang up. He wants us to meet him out back in the alley. Is it safe back there? Mm, well, I don't know. We'll just watch your background. I know I will. Let's be prepared in case things go south. Of course. Do you guys have your gear? Yep, and I got my samples here, too. All right, good. Let's go on out to meet him. They leave the table and walk outside, walking to the neighboring alley. Hez doesn't see anything out of the ordinary. Sitting next to Rico is a big man wearing a black denim jacket, who looks like he is also scanning for threats. Rico recognizes the group and exits the van. Good to see you guys again. Good evening, Rico. Hey, Rico. I smile. What can I help you with? We have some things we think you might be interested in. Dreger, want to show him? I pull the samples out of my pocket and slip them into his hand. I hand him a data chip with the photos of the other items. I smile again. Rico investigates the BTL chips, flipping them back and forth. All right, um, you got a dream chip? Mood chip and ooh, trip chip even. This is good stuff. You want to just sell me these three chips and what's on this data chip here? Go ahead and take a look at those photos. It's other items that we have for you if you're interested. Rico plugs the chip into his comlink and accesses the files, revealing photos of the drones, drugs, and miscellaneous weapons and ammo. Okay, let's see. You got a couple of drones here, a couple of Dobermans, a couple of pistols, a couple of comlinks. Should I ask where you guys got these things? You know better than that. So you just want to sell some stuff? That's it? Yeah, to the person who will give us the best price. Or we were hoping to work out some kind of deal. We need a few things. Okay. Well, how many of these BTLs do you have, approximately? Dreger? So, uh, we got... We got about 800 and... What? Eight and a half. 850 of them. Total. We've got 600 dream chips, 300 mood chips, and 50 trip chips. Hello, chips, Rico. That's quite a bit. Excuse me a sec. 
Rico turns and fiddles with his comlink, likely trying to calculate the street prices of such a haul. He nods and turns back around. Well, that'll give you some good trading power. What's it you're looking for? We're gonna need some fake sins and licenses. Can you do that? Okay. So yeah, you guys are gonna have to go see my buddy at the bureau. But I can let him know you're coming. And I know how much he's gonna ask for this. Oh, and of course, there's my finder's fee for that. <sighs> Let's see. You're looking to sell the BTLs, the drones, the comlinks, and the pistols? Right. Alright, I think I can do that. He looks back to his comlink, running calculations again. Oh, hey, do you have remote controls for these drones? Yes, we do. Okay, great. Uh... I can buy all that stuff for 9,100 new yen. 9,100? Yeah. Okay. Counterproposal. You introduce us to the guy, convince him to make all the licenses for us, and you could just have it outright. Uh, well, if you guys are getting above rating two, it's probably going to cost a bit. I don't know if it's worth it. I think you can pull it off. They haggle back and forth for a while, counter-proposals and counter-counter-proposals, each side vying for an edge. All right, all right, you make a good argument. I'll give you 10500 for everything. <laughs> 10500 That seems rather low. That's a lot of stuff, Rico. There's true drones in there, man. And all these BTLs, those themselves are 22000 Rico silently shrugs, raising his palms to the air. We'll, uh, we'll consider it, Rico. Thanks for coming out. Okay, um, you guys are looking to buy some sins. Do you want to start setting that up now? Sure, what sort of deal could you give us on those? How long does it take to make one? Do you guys know what ratings you want? We do. We dug four, five, six. I want a four. I need multiple licenses. Minimum level four. And I'm gonna need rating three. Okay. Yeah, that will probably take a week from the time you meet up with this guy. If you could do the introduction, that would be great. Uh, sure, but that's gonna cost you. What's your finder's fee? Uh, 1,500 new yen. I think that sounds fair. Yeah, that sounds good. 500 each? Yeah, however you want to do it. Just beam me the money and I'll beam me the contact info. The finder's fee and information are exchanged on the spot. The contact is named Harold Suzuki, a bureau employee. This is his burner phone number. He doesn't use his regular one, so you'll be able to call him once at this number. And you can set things up from there. Just tell him Rico sent you and he'll know what to do. Very good. Thank you, Rico. No problem. And let me know if you can't find anyone for those BTLs and drones and stuff. Definitely. We'll keep you in mind. Thanks, Rico. Alrighty. See you later. Rico goes back to his van and drives away. Jet waits in front of Jungo's shop. She sees him turn a corner and approach. Hi, Jungo. Hi, Jet. You ready to begin? Yes. Okay then, come on in. Jungo opens the door to his shop and lets Jet enter first, then enters and closes the door behind him. They walk behind the velvet curtain to the storeroom in the back. 
Jungo sets his things down and joins Jet at the table. Let's see. You were talking about hearing voices as a child. What happened to the voices since then? I don't know. I don't know if I pushed them away or if they just stopped, but they came back recently with my friends, and I feel like I failed them. Failed them how? We were in combat. They were fighting, and I was holed up in a room. And I heard the same voices reach out for me, and I thought... I knew that they might be able to help me. So I asked them for help, these spirits. I think they were spirits. For some reason, I pictured them as bears. And they wouldn't help me. Is this the only time this has happened? Well, no. Jungo, I, I summoned a fire spirit. And I fragged things up. It was powerful. And I felt powerful. Anything else besides summoning spirits? Yes. I've sprayed acid. I did some kind of protection spell. I even knew I could make people invisible, and I did. It's the strangest thing. I just... I feel it. Back to these spirits you've summoned. By any chance, was one in particular more insistent or clear? Did any of them stand out to you in any way, by the way they communicated with you? There was one voice. Actually, it's the first voice I heard recently. When the fighting began, it contacted me, and I think it was trying to help. It had this kind of fatherly essence to it. I also, and I don't know how I know this, but I picture it as a black bear. Jungo leans back in his chair, nodding. He seems pleased. I know this is all probably confusing for you. Luckily, you have help beyond just me. That voice you just described... The way you described its presence, combined with the situation you were in when it contacted you. I believe you have a mentor spirit watching over you. You're very lucky to have one. You probably always have. Always? Where was this guardian spirit when I was in the orphanage? Where was it when I was in the back of that van? Not guardian spirit, Jet. Mentor spirit. Your childhood was probably too chaotic for you to focus and make sense of what was happening. Too many external threats around you to feel safe enough to do any inner exploration. Perhaps it thought it was doing you more harm than good by contacting you at such a young age. And at such a time in your life. Jungo pushes back from the table and stands, shrugging. Then again, spirits have their own agendas. Unknown to us on this plane. We can't see the world as they do. I can't guess why it has contacted you. But you're here, now. Come. Where are we going? Jungo begins to walk around the room, grabbing small items here and there and putting them in the pockets of his robe. It seems to me you have a strong connection to the astral plane. We're going to be taking a bus to the woodlands up north, where I'll teach you how to strengthen that connection and how to better communicate with spirits. If we have the time, I'll try to teach you a few other useful tricks. Jungo stands by the velvet curtain and motions for Jet to follow. Jet rises and follows Jungo through the curtain. Days begin to pass as Jet, Drager, and Hez train. Within the Mercury Tactile Defense Range, Hez undergoes a target discernment course, where she is learning how to rapidly differentiate between friendly and hostile targets at a moment's notice. She's been equipped with a non-lethal laser pistol and AR goggles. The road to the first cover. I see in front of me an AR projection of a man. He looks like he's dangerous. I take the shot. The projection scatters into a million colorful pixels. I move on to the next bit of cover. 
As Hez crouches behind a barrier, three AR projections appear about 10 meters ahead of her. From my cover, I see a projection of a man from behind a vehicle. He's armed and I take aim. A woman runs from behind a box. I don't see her as a threat, and so I leave that alone. But a man behind a building comes from the side of it. I shoot him as well. The two attackers disintegrate. Hez correctly discerned the victim, fading as she runs past Hez's peripheral vision. I run to the next bit of cover that I can find. Hez finds cover and squats behind an overturned tractor tire. Peeking over the top, she sees a building in front of her as the targets materialize. From this hiding place, I see a man running toward me. I also notice two people in the windows of the building and one behind the building. I shoot the man running towards me and look closer at the people in the building. Hez's vision immediately takes on a red tint after the man she shot disintegrates, indicating that a victim has been shot. Every target at this section of the course vanishes. Scheiße. Hez sprints to the next section. Deep in the woods, Jet stands at the ready one palm facing outward, and one palm holding a handful of flowers and herbs that have been specifically enhanced into magically active reagents by Jungo. In front of her stands an earth spirit, a five-foot-tall humanoid assortment of dirt, twigs, and rocks. Jungo intently watches nearby, arms folded. Jet is still getting used to subtly seeing what her summoned earth spirit sees over her normal vision. Okay, what now? We're going to attempt to bind the spirit to you. Normally, they disappear at sunrise or sunset, depending on when they were summoned. But a bound spirit will negate these limitations. It'll stay with you until you use all of its services, you release it, or it gets destroyed. The earth spirit angles itself to address Jungo. I do not wish to be destroyed. Through her shared vision, she sees it turn to look at her. I do not wish to be destroyed. Don't worry, you won't be destroyed. Now what do I do? You sense the telepathic bond between you and the spirit, right? Focus on that while simultaneously focusing on the reagents. Incorporate both into you. Make these two things your only focus. I do not like this. Jet focuses. The reagents begin to smolder, everything being consumed by an ethereal purple flame. The spirit slams the end of its rocky arms into the ground, sending a shockwave directly at Jet. The spirit begins to rapidly slide on the earth towards Jet, arms now above its head. Jet panics and backs up on the ground, scrambling to get to her feet. The spirit closes the space and winds its arms back for a finishing blow. Just as it swings its arms down, a blue-purple bolt of lightning streaks out from behind her and connects with the earth spirit. The dirt and rocks, once animated by the spirit, falls and partially buries Jet. Jungo stands above Jet and offers her a hand, which has a fading blue-purple aura around it. That was a good try. I thought you had it that time. What went wrong? Hard to say. Spirits don't particularly like being bound, and this one didn't seem to trust you. Jungo reaches into his robe and produces another bunch of flowers and herbs. Summon another earth spirit. We're gonna try this again. Draker stands at the ready behind a white line in the dirt. He is wearing a helmet and has a pistol in a holster containing live rounds. He looks to the obstacle course in front of him, planning his cover. A small fiber optic panel in the helmet displays a timer. The timer activates and begins counting up. Draeger sprints to the first cover he sees. He isn't discerning hostiles from friendlies on this course. He is purely meant to shoot everything that moves as accurately as possible. 
I rush over to the first wall and duck. I peer out around the corner. I see three targets in front of me. Hold Deep breath, then lean, shoot. All three targets fall, one after the other. I hear the beep and I'm on my feet, pushing towards the next target. Two targets spring up, one to his left, one to his right. They fire non-lethal laser beams. I see them pop up, I dig my heels in, and push back, shooting at first the right target, then the left. The targets fall. Draker sprints to the next section of the course. After taking cover behind a freeway barrier, human-shaped targets on top of remote-controlled ground drones burst out of the door of a building and spread out. Crunch down, push off against the wall, shooting as I fall. Traeger manages to drop three of the four targets. The remaining target is scooting towards a crate while firing laser blasts. I kick up and roll forward. Traeger seamlessly pops to his feet after completing the roll and runs to the crate. He slides into cover as laser beams leave small scorch marks behind him. I lean back against the box. I switch hands and reach around the box and pull the trigger. Though firing blind, he hears the target clang to the ground. Whew, it's close. I spring off on my feet again, move on to the next. It's a long stretch to cover. Two targets pop up on a roof in front of Draeger as another emerges from the building, moving in parallel with Draeger as he runs. I pick up my pace, then one target to my left, two in the roof above. I shoot at the target to the side of May 1st. The target to the left falls. I approach the building at speed. I shoot at the two in the roof. Above, one rooftop target collapses, but one remains standing and shooting at Draeger. I run away from the building to the next sequence. I enter a backwards trot, sights dead on the roof. The rooftop target falls. <laughs> yeah. Draeger runs up some stairs resembling a fire escape on the side of a three-story building. A target zooms out of the building below him as another target leans out from the window on Draeger's level. I'm moving, crouching low. I bear down my sights and shoot at them both. Draeger eliminates the target in the window, quickly following up with the target below just before it can get behind cover. I reload my pistol. I crouch down, behind cover. I peek out, see if I can see anybody stationary, still. From his vantage point on the second-story stairs, he sees seven targets below. Four are stationary behind cover, and three are zigzagging. All are firing at Draeger. A laser beam tags him in the helmet. I dash through the building to get a better vantage point on these guys. Draeger bursts through the door into the empty room with windows to his right. He runs to the other side of the room as glittering laser fire follows him through the windows. He shoulders through the second door to another fire escape and ascends to the third level. Firing one-handed as he moves, he kicks the door down. I run through the building and almost run smack dab into another target. I shoot from the head three times. The target falls. Draeger runs over to the window. I crouch down under the windowsill. Look outside. Three targets are still moving randomly below. Draeger squeezes off some rounds until they all fall. Another laser blast hits Draeger in the shoulder. Draeger reloads and takes another look at the battleground. First, I take aim at the floor and shoot. Draeger exchanges gunfire as laser beams light up the room and puff into black smoke upon hitting the edges of the window. Orange light from the sunset pours through the trees of the forest. Jet's eyes are closed and her brow is deeply furrowed in concentration. Her hair is dancing and swirling around her head. She is balancing ten feet off the ground 
being held seemingly in mid-air by an invisible air spirit beneath her. She appears to be alone. Excellent, Jet. Now, cast invisibility on yourself as well. Jungo, I, I can't. I can't keep you and the spirit invisible and... Not after summoning and binding a spirit. Even if it works, I'll be useless. Just try, Jet. Jet grits her teeth. Straining her focus to the limit, she wills herself invisible. The forest would now appear totally empty to anyone passing by. As the spell takes hold, her mind is stretched in four directions. She is maintaining three separate invisibility spells while perceiving the spirits. The inevitable magic drain further weakens Jet. Good. Now, cast armor on yourself. Jet had to muster all of her willpower just to respond to Jungo. Maintaining the invisibility spells has taken up her entire bandwidth. Her world at this moment is maintaining the spells. Yeah, I'd imagine you can. Now, here's something you can do only with bound spirits. Ask your spirit to sustain the invisibility spells on you and I. Unable to respond and struggling to understand, she telepathically requests that the spirit take over the spells for her. After a few moments, Jet feels her concentration free up considerably. She can once again open her eyes and look around without becoming disoriented, wondering if she had lost concentration and dropped the spells. To her astonishment, she, the spirit, and Jungo are still invisible, but the spirit has helped mitigate the distracting effects of maintaining the spells. <sighs> oh, wow. I bet you'd have an easier time casting armor now, wouldn't you? Yes, I think I could do it. I can think again. Then the lesson is over. Now, thank the spirit and relieve it of its bound service to you. Word gets around in the astral plane, so you want to treat your spirits right, especially if you've bound them to you. They're not too keen on being bound to mortals. Releasing this spirit with services still low to you, it's going to reflect positively on you. Jet continues to hover for a moment, then immediately falls to the ground, awkwardly landing on her rear end. Her spells drop, and she and Jungo return to full visibility. <laughs> that was amazing. Jungo walks over and offers a hand to Jet. She looks up at him, grins, and accepts. He pulls her up and she dusts herself off, giddy with the new knowledge she has learned and experienced. I think I've taught enough for you to start experimenting by yourself. Try contacting your mentor spirit more often. They may be able to guide you better than I can. Your eyes are now open to new possibilities. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Jumbo. You're welcome, Kat. Game Mastering and Narration by Paul Greenleaf. Drager is played by Marcus Freeman. Jatangeline is played by Mackenzie Paulus. Hez is played by Torvald Tempestus. Additional voices by Tony Campbell and Tony Galliano. Editing and arrangement by Paul Greenleaf, Sarah Mullins, and Marcus Freeman. For more story, character details, production notes, and how to support Sonic Realms, please visit sonicrealms.net. To learn more about the world of Shadowrun, visit shadowrun.com and shadowruntabletop.com. 
The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to Sonic Realms to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Sonic Realms in any official capacity whatsoever. All other works mentioned in the podcast are the property of their respective owners. Original content of the Sonic Realms podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported and share-like license. If you use any part of the show, please credit Sonic Realms. And hey... Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Paul here. I just finished the episode and thought that I would tack on a little message here at the end for old and new fans alike. Just wanted to let you know that... Uh, With the completion of this episode, we're going to be focusing our efforts on completing the next installment of the Dungeons & Dragons audio saga. With that will come another break in Shadowrun production, so that we can focus exclusively on that and hopefully have it done by this August in time for Gen Con. We could really use some reviews at this point if you're just now discovering the show or have just binged a bunch of it, which I hope you have. The reviews will help more people discover this and maybe we'll get some support so that maybe we can get episodes out uh, faster and more consistently. That is our end goal. So thank you again for listening. Glad I got to catch up with you and see you in August. Oh, and if you're going to be at Origins Game Fair in Ohio 2022, we'd love to meet you at our booth.